0: Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to the Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, editor of Best Directory of Recommended Insurance Attorneys. We're here today with Michael Panish. He is a general electrical cabinet and millwork, door and hardware security contractor licensed in the state of California. He is an expert witness in the field of construction and does a significant amount of consulting, claim, settlement, and litigation support nationally. He has offices in California, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire, and his in-house staff includes engineers with degrees from Harvey Mudd College in Claremont, California, and MIT in Boston, Massachusetts. Mike, it's nice to have you on our podcast again today.
1: Well, thanks. It's good to speak with you again, John.
0: Uh, Mike, in one of our podcasts together, we briefly discussed what an attorney should seek out when looking to hire a construction expert, witness, and consultant, and today we're hoping that we can get into a little more detail on that. Yeah, sure. That would be great. So, Mike, can you tell us what qualities should someone be looking for when choosing a construction expert? And can you give us some tips that our listeners should consider when trying to select the perfect construction expert?
1: Well, I've always felt that the most important aspect to qualify any professional is their past experience. You know, how many years they've been practicing their craft. Has that person been personally involved in their business? Uh, for instance, compare the qualifications of a doctor that's done thousands of heart operations versus the doctor that's observed the same number of operations. You can compare the two doctors to two contractors. The first contractor has had years of hands-on experience, and the second contractor is what is known as a paper contractor. The first contractor has actually gotten dirty working practicing his trade, while the second has stayed in his office and observed subcontractors and possibly even his own employees do all the actual work. In the case of the two doctors... If I was a patient, I'm sure I would want the man that has personally performed all the operations and has the working knowledge of his profession over the second doctor that may have witnessed the surgeries but never even picked up a scalpel. In the example of the two contractors, I would choose the contractor that knows the job from the foundation up, you know, literally having served in the trenches personally.
0: Uh, Mike, that's a good analogy. Uh, so is actual hands-on experience the only qualifying measurement of a good expert?
1: Well, no, you know, there are other ingredients to finding the best expert.
0: Can you elaborate a bit more on that?
1: Sure. Uh, A well-rounded and competent expert has superlative skills in his trade. He has field knowledge, experience, and past dealings with his fellow tradesmen as well as his clients. He knows what acceptable trade practices are, and he's had experience dealing with governing authorities, seen subcontractors perform their duties, and he may have had problems with some jobs and knows what the fixes are for these types of issues. He's resolved, modified, or invented solutions to problems that have occurred when he'd been hired to take over existing construction projects, and has the wherewithal to make sure that his projects make the deadline commitments and obligations that are present on many construction jobs. He hopefully has been involved in bidding, purchasing products, scheduling deliveries, and can understand and explain to you what the normal course of construction issues are.
0: Uh, Mike, it sounds like you're talking about construction or project management here. So why can't say an architect necessarily do the same sort of work that someone can do as an expert in the construction field?
1: Well, that's a good question. Uh, I've been involved in many cases where the opposing expert is, in fact, an architect, an engineer, or a building inspector. And in some types of claims, an architect or an engineer does have the sufficient knowledge relating to that practice. However, in many cases, they've never actually laid their hands on any of the work that they should be responsible for analyzing and required to comment upon.
0: Now, why is it that they may lack the experience?
1: Well, while they may be competent to supervise installations of materials, the proper placement and usage of engineered hardware, they lack the hands-on field experience that a really competent and knowledgeable construction expert has obtained through years of practicing his trade. Most architects and engineers lack training involved field work, and they don't have the -the on-the-job experience relating to the actual construction processes.
0: Can you give an actual example of this?
1: Years ago, I was attending an expert deposition of an architect that was representing a plaintiff in a cabinet defect case. I was the opposing expert, and the first set of questions from the attorney that I was working with was directly pointed at the CV, you know, the curriculum vitae of this architect. And to roughly quote the question posed by the attorney, he asked the architect, uh, I've looked over your CV, and I'm wondering where in this list of credits it states that you've ever fabricated, assembled, built, or installed any cabinetry or casework of any sort. And the architect kind of hemmed and hawed for a few seconds, and he stated that he'd once designed and drawn some booths for a restaurant, and he also helped his brother-in-law and saw a couple of kitchen cabinets that were purchased at a local home center, and then he didn't have anything else to say. So the attorney follows up with, you're telling me that uh, you're qualified to analyze, evaluate, and render your opinion of these cabinet problems pertaining to this case? based on those two experiences. And the architect responded that he was a licensed architect, he had years of training, and that far outweighed the opinions of a lowly cabinet contractor in that situation.
0: What happened next during that particular case? Well,
1: once again, the attorney got back to him and said, so how many cabinets have you ever designed, manufactured, or installed? And while you're at it, why don't you explain to me how the cabinets of this type are milled and assembled? And the architect refused to answer, deposition was quickly concluded, and after that short deposition of this so-called architect-cabinet expert, the opposing counsel withdrew the architect as his expert on the case.
0: Mike, do any other situations come to mind?
1: I'm currently involved in an automatic operating door case where an unqualified engineer uh, in an apparent desperate attempt is willing to stretch the realm of his abilities by listing an enormous roster of seminars that he attended in effort to prove that he's qualified to testify about this door case. Examples include, and I'm not exaggerating here, everything from asparagus spear projectile spike hazards to rubber augers used in agriculture as a couple of his previous experiences. So he felt he was qualified to assess an automatic door injury case where he plans to go with this. I don't understand. It's comical, and I expect it will lead to him being disqualified in this pending case.
0: Uh, Mike, uh, a while back you mentioned building inspectors, uh, so I take it you're not necessarily a big believer in, in them as experts either. Is that correct?
1: Well, you're right. In most cases, they don't have the qualifications or the expertise necessary. Uh, While they're more than qualified to cite code sections and point out violations of possible compliance, they generally, though not always, lack the years of hands-on working experience in the trade that they're often judging. For most types of construction defect and trade-related issues, a building inspector is not the right expert choice.
0: Mike, are there any other final thoughts today before we conclude?
1: Well, one of the most beneficial services any expert can offer to a case is the comprehensive knowledge and the understanding of his area of expertise. To most effectively utilize a qualified and talented expert, an attorney should contact him either prior to filing a claim or consult with him early on before formulating any of his discovery inquiries. An exceptional expert can be an invaluable part of every case and can sometimes end a pointless claim long before it becomes a pointless lawsuit.
0: Mike, thanks so much for joining us again today. That was Michael Panish, expert witness and consultant, and he could be reached via his website at www.constructionwitness.com, and he's available for nationwide case analysis, inspections, and expert witness testimony. Special thanks today to our producer, Brian Cohen, and thank you all for joining us for the Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, visit podcast.insuranceattorneysearch.com, or go to online directories such as iTunes or Google or Yahoo's podcast directory. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ams.com. I'm John Zuba, and now this message.